Hello, and welcome to the INTP Musings Podcast. Today I want to talk about regeneration and investment. Um, it seems to me that one of the fundamental flaws of human beings, I, should, I don't know if I should call it fundamental, but it's a trap that most people fall into, is um, taking resources for granted. Taking resources for granted when they are in abundance. Um, and not realizing that um, bounty comes and ebbs and flows. Uh, it's It comes and it goes. Like, you can be... You can be given lots of wealth one year and be not given very much the following year. Um, but when peop- when the times are good, people think the times are always going to be good. And they spend frivolously and they do stupid things. And then when times are bad, they realize they don't have any resources because they didn't prepare for when times would be bad. So human beings fail to th- think ahead and invest their time and money into things that will allow them to weather a storm. Um, and we do this as individ- at the individual level, but all the way up to the societal, national level. And um, this is one of the... one of the flaws we're going to have to overcome if we ever intend uh, to sustain ourselves. And, I, and I'm not saying every single person has to overcome it fully. Um, it might just be that we need to, that somehow we need leaders that have at least overcome that flaw in their own mind. Um, but it would be better, yeah, it would be good if we could, all of us could overcome it as much as possible. Um because basically what the, the there's a word that summarizes what your what that action is when you use instead of instead of wasting your resources right away you put them in somewhere else so that they're going to grow um for later or you hi, you store them somewhere so that you can use them later uh where they're going to grow um and it's that's called an investment uh, in the finance world, but it doesn't have to. It doesn't just have to be financial assets. It can be. It can take the form of other things too, like for example, exercising is an investment. It's an investment in your health. You're doing something that's not necessarily enjoyable in the moment, but will pay off later. Um, and there are other things that are, uh, can, you can, one can consider investments. Um, any, like you, you invest your labor, you invest your time, you invest your money, and then it, 
Ideally, it keeps growing uh, in a way that you have more later. But but the, even if it doesn't grow, the idea is that you have something for later when you actually need them. Um, and human beings are extremely bad at investing, I guess. We... In some sense, we're running, our entire society is running off of credit. I'm um, not talking about, I mean, financial, obviously, um, monetary credit. Uh, everyone's running on monetary credit, but that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how uh, the way we, the way we do agriculture is completely unsustainable. And uh, basically, we're... D eroding the lands that we live on and creating an unlivable planet. Not just agriculture, but a lot of our industries are destructive. And um, it doesn't have to be that way. I'm not one of these people who says we can't have any industries. Like, we can have industries, we can have economies that are not only non-destructive, but actually regenerative. And that... Um, the the action themselves the action itself of the economic activity itself regenerates the planet that's actually possible <laughs> um like there are ways to transform our industries in a way i don't know if all of them i haven't done enough research to know if all of them can be transformed in this way but certainly Many industries can be transformed to be regenerative, where the action itself not only is har doesn't harm the planet, but actually uh, helps the planet and improves the ecosystem, improves the biodiversity, uh, and Im improves the state of life on this planet. Um, human beings can actually do that. Um, so in that sense, it's regenerative economics and regenerative agriculture is a is continual investment through labor and but it's it starts off as an investment but eventually you're you get profit while at the same time the earth also profits so it's it's a fully um net positive sort of thing um that we can do uh because we basically have a bunch of free resources that are coming at us at all times. And like we haven't set things up to harness that. Like there's always sunlight, always sunlight hitting the earth. There's always rain falling. But when the rain falls, <coughs> and if we've eroded, eroded the soils and we've, we've caused desertification all over the world, then what happens is the rainfall hits the soil and instead of getting, it's not even soil, I'm sorry, it's, it's sand, it's desert sand, because we've desertified a lot of the, uh, the, and a lot of the planet. And instead of getting absorbed into the soil, into the root structures, and instead of the water getting held in the land, where it then leaks out into rivers and streams and stuff, uh, it's just runoff, because it doesn't get absorbed, it's just runoff, and you have a bunch of silt runoff that runs off into the into the sea, and then that's a bunch of fresh water that's no longer drinkable because it goes into the ocean. Uh, it's not growing any plants. It's not doing anything useful. Um, 
but with like regenerative agriculture, regenerative agriculture gives you the ability to grow plants in a, in a, in a self-reinforcing feedback mechanism where basically the part of the plant you use gets sold in the economy and then you let the remaining part of the plant that dies decompose and become part of the biomass of the soil and the more biomass in the soil you have the more water you're going to retain in that soil but not only that is you're actually fixing carbon because you're um basically all the plants are pulling carbon dioxide out of the air so it's carbon negative the carbon gets put back into the soil and you're improving the soil by doing that and by improving the soil you're retaining more fresh water and by retaining more fresh water you're attracting more life so it's like a, a positive feedback mechanism and all it takes is a change in the way we do agriculture that is a little bit more work up front but pays back huge dividends um, it probably also requires more labor and more thought you have to think about you have to think about what sort types of flora and fauna are going to thrive in that environment. Uh, you, you maybe need a little bit more human labor, uh, but it's it's a worthwhile investment because um, you get a, a product that basically you have a piece of land that continuously will give you food and attract wildlife and sequester carbon and fill the streams with clean water because now you have this root soil also maybe the fungi network that the water is like passing through like a filter and then it gets clean and then it goes into a stream uh so you're we can improve the entire planet like this but it requires uh a change in our like state of consciousness like the way we approach existence can't be that I need to take what I need. Like I see something there that I want and I'm going to take it because I want it. And that's a resource I want to have. Um, it, the state of mind needs is more appropriately. Uh, sorry. The state of mind would a more appropriate state of mind would be something like, Instead of, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I, it's, it's a hard thing to articulate. I guess it would, because it's not how we think. It's not how I think. Uh, instead of saying, I want this thing, so I'm going to take it from here where I see it. It's more understanding how that thing gets created. Why you like that thing. Do I actually need this thing? How can I, how can I facilitate the infinite creation of this resource um, without degrading the whole area that it's coming from. It, it's basically a more holistic and interconnected understanding of our relationships with um, the resource-producing machines on the planet. Like... When you just remove things because you want them, you do damage. Um, 
I guess it's not even... Hmm. It's just a transition into a more... Into a state of... Greater knowledge and understanding, I suppose. Like, it's not... Everything's not... Uh, I feel like I'm doing a bad job. Everything is not so compartmentalized. Uh, you, It's not just, I want this, and now I'm taking it. But by removing that thing, you've changed a bunch of other things. Like, you have to understand exactly what that thing is and how it relates to everything else um, and how that's going to... That decision is going to propagate into the future. And... If you understand that about everything, or not everything, but about a lot of the stuff that is in your environment, then you can set things up to continuously produce like resources for you and your family and your loved ones and your tribe um, while simultaneously giving back. And that's, that's the way humans need to head if we want to survive. And I don't know if I don't, I was saying, I said investment at the beginning. I don't know if it's more of a mindset of investment. Maybe it is. I'm good. I guess I'll just stick with that. It's, we have to be willing to invest and and pay it forward. Basically. Is that the, I think that's pay it forward. Um, by, putting our time and effort into learning about things objectively um, and willing to improve them. So in that sense, it's an investment. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's that people ask the question... What's the bare minimum I need to, bare minimum amount of effort I need to put forward for myself to be okay? And maybe also their loved ones. And that's been the standard human impulse for a really long time. And What's required is a more expanded view of oneself and one's loved ones. Who are of like who your loved ones are, to include more of the more of the world's people and more of uh, the cre other creatures that we share this planet with. Like, um, hmm. Because only then can you still ask that same question and good things still happen. Like if you re-ask that question, what's the minimum amount of effort I have to put forth for me and my loved ones to be okay? If your loved ones, if your group, what you consider to be your group of loved ones includes all the beings of the planet or many of, not all of them, obviously, but well, 
Yeah, I guess all the beings of the planet. Then the minimum amount of effort will be a little bit higher. Uh, it's not going to just be, oh, then I'll just go and take this. It's going to be more like, how can I produce this? And how can I have a net positive? Uh, because taking things, uh, coming and seeing and conquering, uh, is it's a zero-sum activity. But human beings are infinitely intelligent and we actually have the capability of being a net positive on the planet. Um, but that requires more thought and more effort. And I guess most people wouldn't view it as worthwhile unless they perceived the other beings to be part of their family. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. But it's not just that. I feel like I'm missing something. Like, um... Because some people care about themselves and they still destroy themselves. So it's not just that you have to care or say that you care. You have to care and also be willing to put in the work and willing to invest. Because some people ask, the, let's think about a self-centered self person. Some self-centered person will ask that question, what's the minimum amount of effort that I need to do to be okay? And then upon hearing the answer, they say, fuck that, that's too much work. I'm just going to live in the now and drink and party and die young because doing all that shit is not worth it to me and I'm just going to be a crazy bastard my whole life. And I'm going to... It's better to burn out than fade out. Uh, so... In the, the case of this selfish person, there's a lack of willingness to even put in the minimum effort to make themselves be okay because they don't even think that that's worth it. So it's that you have to ask the question, what do I need to do to make myself and my loved ones be okay? And your loved ones have to include all the beings of the planet. And you have to think that the work required is uh, worthwhile. And you have to think that the goal is achievable, making you and your loved ones okay. Um, and it's kind of a tall order, but it's not... It's it's possible. Like, if lots of people started doing it all together in mass, um, we would all begin making significant investments in our world. And our world would change. Um, and I think it maybe requires a large mass of people because one, per, it's, it's not really a one man job. Like, I mean, there are, there have, I have seen videos of a single man or one or two guys or gals, 
uh, reforesting a patch of desertified land. So, I mean, one person can make a huge impact, don't get me wrong. But not every single one person can do that because you have to be in a little bit of a privileged position. You have to be some you have to somehow have access to several acres of land that that you have the rights to grow plants on. You have to have certain type of knowledge. Um, what I'm saying is it's like a, it's a certain type of privilege to be able to do that. Uh, but if a large group of people goes about it, uh, then that amount of privilege isn't really necessarily required. Like you could have one person who knows f certain things. You could have another person who facilitates or group of people who facilitates having all this land. You could have other people who are willing to labor. You could have, you could compartmentalize the job that needs to be done so that such that it could be done in parallel and done more effect effectively because these single guys who go out and do this stuff, it takes them their whole life. It takes like, like I saw a guy in India who turned a desert into a jungle and he spent like 50 years doing it or something. Like we don't really have 50 years. Um, and we don't have a lot of guys who are that special that they can do something like that. So it, it would take, large masses of, of volunteers working together uh, to improve the ecosystem. Um, but I don't, it wouldn't take every single human being though. It would just take, it could be a really small number. Like, I think 10% is a very large number. Like 10% is more than enough. Even 1% is probably enough. Like if 1% of every human on the planet uh, dedicated themselves to meeting everyone else in that 1% or a lot or a group of people in that 1% and all of these little micro groups of people uh, took ownership of a small desertified piece of land and dedicated their time and effort and energy uh, into uh, regenerating it, um, then I think we could regenerate the planet rather quickly uh, with just 1% of people dedicated to that. But the thing is, we don't have that many people right now dedicated to regeneration. We have a handful of people with some interesting videos on YouTube of amazing things they've done. But I think that, I think we are headed in that direction of getting more people in on this because once people see that the power is in their hands and that we actually can regenerate um, our ecosystems, I think more and more people are going to be getting in on this. I think this is just the beginning. Um, so, yeah. So it's, it's possible and it doesn't even, it requires a lot of effort by a relatively small number of people. It's a large amount of people, but rel percentage wise, it's not like we need everyone on the planet working on this. Like it's, it's in terms of regenerating the ecosystem, it's a small fraction of the population. Um, 
but the shift in mindset would probably have to be done by lots of people. Um, like we, like for every one person who was working on this project, you'd need maybe 10 people who, while not working on it, supported the effort. And like people would need to get behind this. And I don't know why it's so hard to convince people that this is a good idea because it's an investment and it does reap benefits that are financially viable. Like, the, like it, it yields profit and it, it raises GDP and it increases productivity. Um, but I think it's just because we're just getting our head above the water from <clears throat> like the state of mind that we've been in for the past hundred years, uh, this industrial like worker mindset where it's, it's like one fat cat owns all the the machines and the capital and everyone works for him for a wage and these machines are um, extracting things from the environment that we're then selling on the open market um, to a different mindset which is we all are stewards of this planet. And of course we want to have good lives, but not at the expense of it. Let's understand how it works and use it to our advantage, but also to its own advantage. And everyone wins like a, I scratch my, your back, you scratch my back rather than I steal your back scratcher. I scratch my back with it, and then I set it on fire, and then I go steal someone else's back scratcher because it's a little bit nicer. Like, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the minds of people are changing. It, it seems like they are sometimes, but then sometimes it seems like they're not. Like, um, hmm. I like to stay optimistic. I try to. I feel like I still haven't articulated something. Like, like I'm missing something here. Like, I want to... Something needs to come out, but I don't know what it is. Um, about, like... What's... what's what wants to emerge? Um and take birth here in terms of humanity and the planet and our place on it. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing, but I'm missing something. Um, hmm. I don't know, but I suspect the hard work is in the changing your beliefs and your ideas about what it means to be wealthy and happy and um, successful. That's the big work. 
the small work is actually just fixing the planet and fixing everything because once we change our minds and set out on that path everything will just start changing like once we once we change our minds everything will change behind us so that's the big work i guess i mean and i guess it's happening now people are more eco-conscious but the frustrating part is i still don't see people in mass going out and regenerating uh the ecosystems i don't see people going out in mass and but but maybe it just it starts out slowly and then it explodes like uh, regenerative agriculture is a baby now but eventually it's going to be a teenager and eventually it's going to be an adult so maybe it's just it's a meme it's an idea that takes time to spread and it's an exponential spread so it starts off really small and unimpressive but then it like out of nowhere it explodes so maybe it's just slowly incubating right now and eventually it's going to reach critical mass and i'm just too impatient to wait for that to happen i'd like to think that that's the case but it also kind of seems like we're not getting the message like we are just saying no 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 it's fine what we've been doing this is okay we've been doing it this way and it's fine but maybe i'm wrong Maybe we are all getting the message. Maybe we, maybe most people have already received the message. And we're just too afraid to go out and fix the planet. Like we're too afraid to go out and turn a desert into a forest. Um, too afraid or we, we don't know. We just haven't put in the effort to even know where to start or whatever. Maybe it just takes five brave souls to convince all of us. Um, and it just takes the first five people to be willing to be those brave souls to get this all going. How, how would it work? It would have to be, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I, this episode has gone nowhere. Um, I, I hate to leave on this note because I thought I had ideas to speak about, but feel like I, this hasn't gone anywhere. I don't even know if I should publish this. Uh, hmm. Maybe I should publish it with a to-be-continued caveat. This is really unsatisfying. I, I didn't have a conclusion or a... Hmm. You know what, what could work is, like I said, five brave souls. Let's, let's think of one of these brave souls. It would have to be a special type of... It would have to be like these people who have these YouTube videos of how they've regenerated some desertified landscape. 
it would have to be someone like that who had access to like a lot of land, we'll say a hundred acres, thousand acres, going into a town and just passing out brochures and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm working on this. I need hands like college campuses. Even we're, we're trying to plant this many trees. We're, we're uh, experimenting with different types of trees and we are, we're trying to attract wildlife and retain water and improve the soil. Um, but we need people to help us. This is a regenerative agricultural project. Um, and we're always open to volunteers and just start pulling people in. Uh, and then they see how this thing works and they like, wow, we can, we can actually, this actually works. And, uh, um, fix a bunch of desertified landscapes like that. Like, so it almost like a movement, a grass, not a grassroots movement that starts with one person. Um, my point is there has to be somebody who has access to a really dead patch of land who can show people exam, lots of people, thousands of people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people uh, via the work they do with their hands that you alone, people, human beings, can reforest the land and improve things. And that example, and with those people having been released into the world, would go out and start their own little, some of them would go out and start their own little projects. Um, So